Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. We're back with another uh, interview of someone who I connected with just a couple weeks ago and I thought had a really great story for his company. So I wanted to invite him on the podcast. Uh, welcome, Eric Hermelings, the CEO and founder of Belmont. Yeah, thanks for having me in, Dan. I'm really excited to be a part of this. This is uh, something new. This is my first time doing a podcast, so this will be a blast. Cool. Yeah, it's um, you know, obviously... If it was in person, it would have been nice, but yeah, that's right. the world we're in. <laughs> so I think, you know, let's, let's start with a little bit, uh, origin story of Belmont, and then we can get into how the pandemic's kind of shifted thing, but love to learn a little about you and, and Belmont. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, we can just start with the, you know, the canned elevator pitch just to give kind of people an idea of what it is that we do. Uh, so for the better part of 15 years, we've been uh, helping companies connect with their employees through food and drink, going into their break room, setting up with the coffee and tea and all the accoutrements, everything that we're all very familiar with what a break room looks like. Um, what makes us a little bit special is, uh, you know, back in the day, people used to think of Coffee services, like as long as it's hot and black, everybody's happy. Uh, and then with kind of a new movement of specialty coffee, everybody wants something a little bit more fancy these days. So that's where we uh, niched ourselves out, being a high-end uh, you know, a provider of these goods and services for our clients. So um, yeah, that's the that's the canned elevator and you, pitch right there. Yeah, Eric, and you and you brewed your own coffee? Is that or not brewed, but you roast your own beans? Is that right? Or do you partner with other um you know, coffee companies here locally. Yeah. Or? So, I mean, when we got started, I mean, now we roast our own coffee as well as provide other coffees, but, you know, being in the Northwest, we've just had such an influx of amazing coffee roasters. And we're so fortunate. And really that was our, our defining niche is that people wanted good coffee in the office. They wanted something that had a lot of flavor. And so we connected with a ton of different coffee roasters in Portland as they came up and provided their coffee to, to people in the offices who are normally used to getting like, you know, Folgers for, you know, right. comparison. yeah. So we really up the game of, of coffee in the office place for sure. Well, it's, it's great. And it sounds like, you know, that was the, the business was well-established doing well. People were in offices, you know, getting the, the coffee services and the, the, the unique kind of food service you're offering. And then people stopped going into the offices. Yeah, right. Go ahead. I was going to say, we, we call that Black Friday here. That was March 13th. I was very, very specific. I remember coming up on our one-year anniversary of it. And I just recall 
Uh, I, I remember uh, it was just shortly after um, uh, the basketball game started getting canceled. And then I you know, got a call from uh, one of our larger tech companies, SurveyMonkey. And they're like, we're not going to be in the office. And I was like, oh, this is what happens when one person makes a decision, the rest of them follow suit. And then before you knew it, everybody was working remotely. And obviously that was uh, the case moving forward. But at the time, you know, we we all sat there thinking, uh, you know, it's flatten the curve. We'll be back in the office in two to four weeks to maybe a month, two months. And then, you know, obviously it continued down that path. And, um, you know, outside of, uh, you know, the hotel industry and airline industry, you know, not talked about a lot, but in our industry, a lot of, uh, a lot of chaos. I mean, it got turned yeah. upside down. We were definitely dependent on people being at the office to consume the, consume the coffee. Yeah. And I think there's a, a really great silver lining and to the rest of the story we'll get into, but just to kind of not to press on the pain <laughs> really yeah. that, that March 13th. Um, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you gotta, uh, let's, let's take a little step back. I think, you know, a lot of people think of coffee service and I think of like vending machines and, you know, probably just an empty warehouse or not an empty warehouse, but a warehouse and a couple trucks and doing these things. And, you know, part for me, if we kind of go back in time was that building a business was, foremost like my passion and it just be happened that i expressed that passion through coffee service and so we spent a lot of time building company culture here we were growing amazingly fast we were we were we were standing out in an antiquated uh, industry and, and becoming like kind of like a peacock so to speak and so mm. trying to do things more like what you see in the tech industry and bring it to something that's been a little bit needing that. Um, so like I said, we were growing fast. I think in 2019, we almost doubled our business. Uh, we were up to about 35 employees. We we're expanding into Seattle. We had uh, gotten second place at Ben Venture Conference, you know, pitching as a office coffee service company amongst tech companies, wow. right? So we had some exciting things. We developed our own technology, uh, ERP systems to manage all of our operations and, uh, it was exciting times. I mean, I was uh, riding high, you know, for lack of a better word. It was a ton of hard work to get there. When, when that day happened, it was like, it was almost unbelievable, right? Like you couldn't yeah. even imagine what was about to happen. You know, you, you would you stop and you think about like, okay, well, it's just going to be this. And I remember early on thinking to myself, well, like, well, we're going to, we're going to keep pushing forward. All of our competitors are going to, they're going to take their foot off the gas and we're going to be right there waiting in the wings to, to snatch up everybody as they mm -hmm. come back on right? Because it was, you got to imagine during that time, it was literally every day was a new piece of information of what was about to happen, right? You know, and, and our clients kept saying, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's April, and then it's May, and then it's June. And then, and then this is a little foreshadowing, but about June or July is when we realized when people are were not going back to the office. So um, yeah, that kind of catches us up to that. I mean, so it was a lot of, uh, a lot of confusion during those first couple of months there. Yeah, I think for everybody, no matter what industry, I mean, I'm my primary industry at the time was live events. And obviously, that yeah. was a similar situation. It's like, ah, yeah, it's good. By the summer, it's all yeah. good. And then it's just like, <laughs> okay, here we are. Yeah. So, um, well, once you got Even to that, during that yeah, time, I was thinking of it as like a, an, an unpaid sabbatical. That's the joke I was making back when I was still thinking it was kind of funny. I was like, ah, I'm just on an unpaid sabbatical. I'm going to play some golf. I've been grinding for 13 years now. This is my time to take a breather. Um, and so I did, I joked about that until it became not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you're probably kindred spirit to me and we'll get it. Now we can go into this is 
it's not just, yeah, play, go on vacation and play some golf. It's like your mind doesn't work that way, right? right. You're probably, okay, we're going to move forward. Um, so tell us the story of what Belmont did and what it's turned into. Yeah, I think, you know, that's part of a little bit about what makes our our identity so unique is that um, the, the culture of Belmont and, and potentially just maybe my own sense of... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like identity mm-hmm. is that uh, I, I've been no stranger to adversity for for majority of my life. I you know from a very young age, um, I lost my father when I was nine, and and then through a series of just really unfortunate events, um, you know, just learned that you always have to be prepared and always be looking to for adversity to come your way, and that if you are have the right mindset these obstacles that come your way can actually provide opportunities, right? You can see something beyond the obstacle that's in front of you. And so, I mean, even in our employee handbook, uh, we had a page in there saying like, expect obstacles. They're going to come. The trick is finding the opportunity in them. And so this was like, let's put this page to the test because we're at one of the biggest obstacles. I mean, to give, uh, to give the listeners a sense, I mean, um, our industry dried up overnight. Our revenues dropped 80% basically the wow. next week. Um, yeah. There's some other companies in our like, like-minded industry. Their, their revenues dropped down to 5%. They eventually just went under because yeah. they're just, it just dried up overnight like um, like an oasis in the, in the desert. And so and I've never been the type of person that gets a lot of satisfaction or really just, I can, just can't really sit still. So I was like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And really early on, it was just about like, how can we keep our staff engaged, right? How do we keep our people engaged? How do we stay engaged with our clients so they don't forget about us? And then, oh, hey, yeah, we have all this inventory on hand that's about to go bad, right? How do we get that out the door? And so that's where the first iteration of this idea came. It was called Break Room in a Bag. And we actually started our own delivery service of, of building these Break Room in a Bags and delivering to our, our clients' employees' homes, right? Mm. Bringing them a sense of normalcy, a sense of connection to their company at that time. And so that's where the idea started, break room in a bag, yeah. And so behind that, and I've used the platform, and it's, I, I told you before, it's just a really um, clean, straightforward UI. That's, I, I really appreciate that. And I mean, you develop this yourself, right? With in partnership with your team, um, you know, so even though you had this track record of doing some technology stuff before, primarily your business was, going out and getting these to offices. So now it's, yeah. it's a different model. So, I, I mean, talking to you, it doesn't sound like you probably say, ah, it's not a big deal, but it really was. So, <laughs> you know, what's, how was that? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. You know, up until that point, I was working on a platform with my, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, best friend from high school. He was, um, he's been a developer of technology for a long time. And we've been building this, ERP system that we dubbed, we called the Moses, M-O-A-S-Y-S, and it stands for Mother of All Systems. It's a really corny joke. But (laughs) it was really to design our entire sort of operations of from, you know, supply chain management to customer relationship management, the whole thing. And so we had this tool that we we could really tack onto. And so uh, the first iteration of Break Room and Bag before it turned into Break Room in a Box was using a lot of spreadsheets and and routing and mapping and things that like trying to use four different tools. And I just, you know, I realized early on, I was like, you know what, we're not, 
if we're going to really run with this, you know, before it was just like, let's burn some inventory, keep people engaged. But if we're really thinking this is actually a business model worth exploring, we need to be able to take it nationwide. We need to be able to ship. We're not, right. we're not FedEx. We're not UPS, you know? So uh, we, we shifted over to a, a model in which we could ship and we were looking for something like a Shopify, some sort of off the shelf software platform that could do what we needed to do. And, and really what we needed to be able to do is provide a subscription level service um, to companies where they could onboard tons of employees all at once without using sort of clunky discount coupons and everybody trying to track it in a different way. And there really was no solution out there. So we're just like, well, let's just build it ourselves. And so we started with the the employee experience and how they would customize their thing and and through a lot of trial and error and feedback through through companies and people using it, we really honed in on what made it special. Um, and then really finding out which product lines people were most interested in. And then like fast forwarding just a couple more steps is like, how do we create that experience also for the administrator who's going to be creating this experience for their employees? Right. And it is really clean. Like what I love about it is um, you just, it's like really, here's a link or here, here it is. And it goes straight to the folks or sends them auto email. So it's really easy, easy on both ends, right? If someone is like an administrator, if you have employees, you're running an event and want to send gifts and on the receiving end, it's just like, oh, cool. I get this link. I can choose one or two things to add to it and boom. Yeah, I think that was the idea. I think you nailed it. If I could paint a, a word picture for people, it, it would imagine it's like, a three-step process in which you're really customizing a, a package, but also leaving a little bit of surprise in there, right? Our job is to curate on your behalf, right? You tell us what you like in a box and then we put that stuff in a box, right? Um, and that makes it great for the admin who's like, I've got 300 employees. Like I can't tell if this person's gluten-free and this person likes green tea or what right. diet they're on lately, or even just tracking down all the shipping information. So we used our skill sets of knowing that the, there's a different unique need for every company and trying to really solve that with one easy to use interface that um, doesn't take up a lot of time. And then people have really gravitated towards it. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about where we're going. Yeah. So let's talk about where's the business now. I know you kind of probably developed this to, to engage your existing clients. They're, you know, now that they're maybe distributed workforces and things. So how, how has this been received and how is it growing? Yeah, you know it's it's funny we're actually meeting on Employee Appreciation Day, which is it's been a it's been a busy day for us today, right? Oh, so, many, so many people are trying to connect, and one of the things that I I actually discovered is you know you go into uh, I think any any entrepreneur can appreciate like you go into a a market with an idea of what you think people want, and really the, what separates uh, good entrepreneurs or successful entrepreneurs from unsuccessful ones is actually listening to what the market's telling you and then actually providing that, right? So we went in with this idea that people are going to want subscription-based boxes for their employees. And the reality is, is actually they really want to be able to buy these when they feel like their team needs a little pick-me-up or they have a company event coming up or that somebody's birthday, right? It's not so much about them being fed on a regular basis. It's about the connection of making them feel special. And so today, Employee Appreciation Day, it's really funny. I think we had... Um, we're, we're approaching almost, I think, 600 orders on the day, which for nice. us is a big deal, right? You know, we were doing maybe like 600 orders to a thousand a week, and on a day, it's a, it's a big deal. So uh, it's a little bit of a madhouse around here. We're scrambling to get orders out the door. Next week's going to be a crazy week. Um, but as we move forward, you know, this there's this new interesting shift where I think we've all realized that we're not going back to 2019. 
and I don't think we're going to stay at 2020 as well either. There's going to be some new hybrid uh, approach. And so our new mantra, right, is we're able to take care of your employees, whether they're working at home or in the office. Mm -hmm. And so our goal now is to shift away from being so much a regional company here in Portland, providing like a lot of high-end equipment and focusing more on making those employees feel special through the connections of food and drink and providing break room box, whether you're at the office or you're at home. And there's a lot of excitement to that because now we get to play in a much larger market. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, I think you're spot on about kind of the, and even if people do go back to the office, you know, giving that spontaneous, that moment of appreciation, it's, it's still going to be needed. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So we're, Expanding is, you know, obviously you're primarily local for the time being before this. What, as a founder of a company, what does that mean for you? I mean, like you're scaling, you're, I mean, you're just going 100%. You know, what are some of the things you got to get in place to, to do that? You know, it's really interesting, right? So, like, uh, switching from a regional company to a national company. So, like, uh, surprisingly, you know, a, a majority of the people who are buying boxes from us right now are not located here in Portland. So, we're spreading mm. throughout the nation, uh, especially like Florida, New York, um, I mean, Canada. So, we've actually gotten some a little bit of international shipping going as well, too. Right. But um, right now, we're in a, we're in the phase right now. There's a it's a pretty like if I was to broaden the the steps in place, right? Quarter one, this quarter right now is really about learning the discipline of what it takes to deliver and make sure that you're delivering on a consistent basis. Uh, quarter two is going to be all about building out the systems to be able to, to continue to grow. Quarter three will be growing it even more and quarter four will be scaling it. Uh, what does scaling look like? I mean, ideally, I'd like this to see this international. We're going to be using a lot of fulfillment uh, chains, supply chains uh, to be able to deliver this experience on, a, on an international level. You got to imagine like there's companies, you know, that have, you know, 80% of their workforce might be in the United States, but they do have 20%, you know, in, in the UK. And the, the adage is, is like, if we do something for somebody here, we have to do it for them over there as well. We can't leave people out. Um, and so having this ability, this flexible tool for admins to use to connect with their team in a way that is meaningful, because uh, who doesn't love food and drink? I mean, it's just an easy thing to do, right? People love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got the you know box. And I've since ordered it for a couple folks in my world. And it's a really nice experience. And uh, it does feel curated. And I think that's we're, we're all kind of at this point, I think, really appreciate, you know, um, so yeah. I, I appreciate what you do. Um, well, you know, I want to talk about a couple more things, you know, just getting into, again, you're moving forward, you're doing this, but how has it been for you, Eric? I mean, you saw yeah. your business basically drop to, you, you know, almost zero, and then you made a quick decision to to go forward with this but i mean i'm sure there were some times it was pretty, pretty tough yeah i mean like uh you know the the business stuff aside right like i mean I, it's it's fun to talk about that depending well depending on fun some people think it's like listening to paint dry on walls other people find it really exciting i, I do get excited talking about business but i mean transparently it's been an emotional battle i think uh, i've got a lot of ptsd from this it was uh, shocking you know you spend your entire life and i'm Granted, I'm still fairly young in my professional career. I'm 38, but for the latter, for the last 14 years, you know, I've been building and grand, you know, I started this out in my garage with a pickup truck and to, to grow something over that amount of time and to kind of watch it 
not necessarily disappear overnight, but the semblance of it disappear, right? Like I had an entire team and an executive team of, of folks and we were all working on one mission to grow in, in one particular business line. And these people were our friends. They're people that I've known for a long time, people that um, I created really long lasting relationships with. I think, you know, uh, even my first full-time employee was a part of that executive team, right? And we had to make really hard decisions to disband because it wasn't sustainable, right? When you lose all of your revenue overnight and you're just holding on, trying to make it every single day and eventually like something's got to give. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's been challenging. It's been by far the hardest year uh, professionally and in a lot of ways, personally, um, it makes me, it's had me question a bit about like my own sort of, uh, sanity with you know the decisions you make you know i I used to tell people i feel like um my entire bag of tools has been taken away from me to do my my job and i'm trying to figure out something and all you know what i'm left with is is you know what what do i do to move forward to make something and to be able to create and provide for my family so yeah it's been it's been a rough go dan it's been a real rough go Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, how much do you think being in Portland, working from here has played a role in helping you move forward? You know, I think it's interesting. I think Portland's got a lot of really positive things about it. But I think, you know, especially the city really reflected not only just on the challenges of this year, but just the challenges of of all the things that our country has been facing that has been brought to light, you know, not just through the pandemic, but just the, the sheer political division and Portland has definitely been a mirror or like a reflection of that and, and a lot of anger and pain. And so like, I've, I've truly, you know, kind of, you know, connected with that, but it's also been really hard too. Like, I think that, you know, you drive around Portland and you can definitely see that like, we're no, we're close. It feels like to any sort of recovery. Um, and the, to imagine that like, you know, it's almost symbolic of like, watching all the stuff around me and my business go down and then to see the city itself feel like it's gone down quite a few pegs right and we're all trying to rally back together to kind of be like okay let's retake what is ours and to try to make this happen again so i'm very hopeful i feel like there's a lot of optimism in 2021 uh you know we would make the joke like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel we just hope it's not the train coming <laughs> that's yeah. kind of like the, yeah. the, sort of this, uh, the joke so um yeah, it's been, uh, I think being in Portland has had, it's it's very bittersweet. I would put it that way, bittersweet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you're probably though like me is, you're bullish on being here. You know, I think there's something special about just kind of the grit that a lot of people have here. I think there is that. And I think that's going to, as we transform here locally and, you know, like you said, like face the stuff that we need to address, the pain of a lot of um, and social justice things, which is, I think, a long time coming. Uh, I think we're going to come out of this uh, a lot stronger city and business specifically as well. That's my hope. And I'm, I'm an optimistic yeah. person. So we'll see. <laughs> I feel the same way as you, Dan. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends, a lot of uh, entrepreneur friends here who's, whose livelihoods depend on Portland rebounding, right? Um, part of mine is, you know, we didn't lose our customers. They're just not there, right? So mm. that is part of where I feel this sort of connection of like, well, as much of a pipe dream as it sounds like, I mean, eventually people will go back to the office in some capacity and our mm-hmm. life in the business 
will come back to life again. But I'm also hedging our bets too, that like, you know, it's not going to be the same. We're not going to be maybe on the same trajectory that we were before. And by building this new model, it's sort of giving me another out in case it doesn't come back. And so I feel really strongly about our position. And But I'm very hopeful for, I mean, the restaurant industry alone here in Portland is, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love this city so much. And just to watch you know, stories like Pock Pock and these other companies who have had to shut their doors forever. And it's just heartbreaking. It's like, I, I know what it feels like to build something so hard and then to have it just ripped away due to no fault of your own, right? Yeah. You didn't make the decision. It's not like you've made a bad bet. That's the worst part, right? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, Americ, I'm really excited for the tra- trajectory of your company and the product. And uh, I think there's a huge market for it. And trust me, as someone, as someone who does events a lot, um, you know, I can't find something that's that easy to use to order. Because we've <laughs> talked before, I'm like, right. speaker gifts, attendee gifts, something that's easy where you can just send a link and not have this huge process. So I'm excited to see where you go and how you grow and just really appreciate you taking some time and sharing the story. And pe- so tell us where people can find you at though, too. Yeah, thanks, Dan. No, I appreciate that. I, I love that kind of feedback. People continue to say, this is really great. This is a really unique idea. idea. So that's it's definitely heartwarming. It makes me feel like I'm on the right path to success. But yeah, they can find us at uh, getbelmont.com. Uh, we've got a lot of testimonials up there, a lot of different uh, information on how to do it. You'll see my shining face on there. We were using a lot of video to connect with our with our clients. And uh, we're really just trying to bring a new sort of energy to what an internet company is all about. We're trying to build a lot of transparency um, and, and really bring in that customer service that I think everybody really appreciates. So getbelmont.com. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.